Welcome to the Blackberries Podcast with Kezia Mustak and Kamali Lee. Hey! Two nature-loving sisters on a mission to share their passion for food sovereignty with humanity and the world. Channeling the West Indian Caribbean vibes and positive energy. Join these two dreadlock sisters as they share their insights and advice on gardening, farming, access to food, living in harmony with nature, and why feeding ourselves and feeding our families should matter to us all. Aren't you forgetting something, OC? All right, they'll also be sharing interviews from other environmental and sustainable farming enthusiasts, as well as other advocates of life, harmony, and positive vibrations from around the world. So come find them over on their social media platforms, and of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Today, for our first interview, we're speaking with our cousin, Dale. Our first cousin. Our first interview with our first cousin. (laughs) (laughs) He's from Trinidad and Tobago, home of our mother's birth and carnival. Carnival! (laughs) Trinidad was really the first place we experienced backyard gardening and eating off the land. Yeah, I remember seeing our Uncle Kello swing up in a mango tree and shaking down goodies for all of us. We got to talking, actually, with Uncle Kello's son, Osi, about how things have changed since the pandemic. Osi is based in Trinidad and also happens to be our intro artist. Just before we get into our talk with Dale, we'll share this segment with you to get us all oriented with Trinidad in the time of COVID. During this conversation with Osi, we also got some insight on local views of food cultivation and some limitations. Right now in Trinidad, I don't know if you guys have heard about the latest measures here in Trinidad, but uh, it's locked down again. You know, uh, work from home for government offices, gyms, all of these non-essential places are totally shut down. Uh, food vending is shut down. Uh, street vending is shut down. Everything mm. that is wow, not essential wow. is shut down. It's like a whole different country. Yeah, it's a yeah. whole different country. But Trinis don't give a f- <laughs> so like the little market that we go to by uncle alwyn's house that would oh, be yeah, shut the down market. is the market open that would it's be shut, shut down? down no well here's what you know how trinidad is where there are a lot of sideline street vendors of produce mm-hmm. but not only the designated area okay. where people have rented people with stalls yeah. and license mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. i'm talking about 80 percent of the produce force if i would say in trinidad tobago is informal people outside the streets and who you know pop the stores and create this whole landscape that you know the trinidad market looks like you know that is the foreigners come to see if you come and only see the people who have licensed little stores it's gonna look like (laughs) (laughs) i hope it looks like online (laughs) i know yeah, this isn't what Kamali sent me a picture of. Yeah. So yeah, so the <laughs> landscape coming to Trinidad market is making nothing like you remember it to be. You know, oh, it's a, a shell of what it is. And there is no one. I'm talking about in each street there must be no home gardens. I don't see it. Every five streets, maybe there's one yeah. home garden somewhere. You know, because like every 20 households there may be an independent food garden now mm-hmm. i'm not saying where i live it's very bushy trinidad is very 
nature-esque, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. but there's no cultivation. That's the problem. Yeah. There is wilderness. Wilderness and cultivation, as you would know, are two completely different things. Just because you live in the bushes doesn't mean that you are living off the land. It's like, yeah. okay, did you plant anything? Like, you're not cultivating. You're just hoping that mango tree have mangoes on it. Yeah. It's very different. <laughs> Right. Yes, I have my I have fruit. So that's how Trinidadians live. You want to say, yeah, we live off the land, but no. So Trinidad and Tobago imports 85% of its food supply. However, there was a time when Trinidad was not only able to produce enough food for the country, but they were also Britain's largest supplier of sugar, produce, and spices. Hopefully it's getting better since developing agriculture has been included in the country's policy priorities since 2010. Dale and his family have been doing their part to develop agriculture and they are homesteading successfully in an urban setting. They are pioneers of urban farming in our generation. And as an advocate for life and harmony, he is someone we're learning from. So check it out. Okay. So this is, we're going to record them for the podcast now? Yeah. See what we get. All right. Okay, okay take one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's good to connect with you. Um, yeah, we are talking today with our cousin Dale, who we've grown up with, and we've seen turn from basically like a non-farmer to a farmer right before our eyes. <laughs> yeah, he was a chef and always had like a really great relationship with food. We're really proud of everything that we've heard that you guys are doing on your homestead in such a short amount of time and can't wait to hear more about it. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. All right, so time for the intro. <laughs> yeah, so my name is Dale here on Paul Hamilton. Cousin, these two beautiful ladies. The direction I took on the homestead was a passion of my wife that just happened to be um, obviously part of my industry, but from the beginning stages of my industry or from the soil. We took this direction because we fell in love with good food or how food used to taste based on our memory. How eggs would actually be, the yolk would actually be really bright yellow instead of the dull yellow that you began in the grocery stores. Mm. Um, that then flourished into our desire for our son to actually eat how we used to eat growing up. Chickens in the yard, buying meat from the chance I know, knowing that they actually taking care of the animals and not just mass producing for the dollar sign alone, but they have a passion behind what they're doing and mm-hmm. there's a sacrifice involved. With that came just a deeper and deeper mission to more than just do that but to try to reduce our impact or carbon impact um, on this little island trinidad we still believe that the little that we doing could be an example to others who might want to try this lifestyle because it is a lifestyle it would change your life you little bit on a small scale mm-hmm. your interests would just start building on it because it's something that you partake in every day which is food um, it's literally like breathing, so you have to mm-hmm. participate. I wouldn't lie. I want to go. Sometimes you might be sending a pass, and then wondering where it's coming from. And mm-hmm. then that will launch an investigation and with the accessibility to, to, to anything, basically, that you can get information. So we started on that. We 
site that they learned that we were came from uh, 7,000 square feet urban location. Well, you can say town urban location. <laughs> what we do is basically for ourselves. We just recently went into the fields of poultry, which is our eggs and our Cornish cross, mm-hmm. uh, which is raised on the homestead. And also, basically, we treat them like like fam. I don't want them somewhere, but we have to slaughter them. But right. we make sure that the chickens happy. We make sure that the chickens de-stressed, that they're not stressed out by being in a cage, they're not stressed out by lack of food, not being able to scratch, scratching in the same spot for too long. They're not stressed out. That is one of the main things about how we deal with the chickens. Because okay. tens need to obviously give their tens product, and they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Even in the butchering of them, we tend to pay close attention to how they rest in the telephone before it is the basically get processed, right? So this is a developing passion of mine, and I have to say developing because I don't know it all, but the information I have, I always want to share because somebody might be at the start position, and I already passed the start position. So it's a pleasure being able to share um, as much information as both my wife and myself could on homesteading on island, I should call it. I'm on the island, and the advantages of homesteading on the island is the um, climate that we have. Yeah. Yeah. But all of them proverbs where she does teach me is just like adding fire to fury. She told me to practice the things she preached. I never hung my hat where granny can reach. My great great grandmother told me have faith because good things does come to those who eat. Where food is heading? Where I know it to be heading is it will only be more mass production. Just yesterday, we got the information that the fee that we receive in, in Trinidad will the, the price will raise from forty five dollars to seventy five dollars, mm. which is more than a fifty percent raise. Wow! Um, and feed was always a, would always be a challenge for us if we don't plant our own. So last right. year we decided that we would take that one as a venture to prepare for something like this. Center once you're in it, you tend to just keep diving in deeper and deeper. You might start off with industrial feed and then you want to get your chickens your special feed, your special mix, your special blend. And it's free to do, you know, so. How are your chickens eating? Because you see you're making your own food, like, and they probably eat, like, your compost too, or is it, like, special crops that you're growing for them? Or how does that rotation work? So... So the chickens, um, we started off with, we started off not knowing anything. I'm just start today. <laughs> not knowing anything. Absolutely nothing. Um, from Maruga Farms, um, where we started and we started developing at a rapid pace. I mean, in the space of two months, we cleared off um, at least 5,000 square feet by hand, meaning not using a backbone machine we used. Um, what is called a swiper in Trinidad, mm-hmm. which is like a blade on a piece of stick to mm-hmm. chop down. Oh, yeah, like a weed whacker. Right, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, Waka, Wala Brushkata. The Brushkata was we had bands. We didn't know anything because I come from a culinary background. Mm. The most I know about agriculture is taking the ends of uh, green onions and sticking them in a pot and waiting for them to grow. That's <laughs> it. Um, so to not know anything about it, to getting into it, I just used what I had. And it did work from Maruga Farms. Um, we started developing there and noticing that I had a green thumb, my wife had a green thumb, and we wanted to dive deeper into it. We wanted to get chickens to develop the soil there, but um, unfortunately we had an accident and had to leave, and then we ended up in Arima, which is a town probably um, two hours away from Arima. So <clears throat> we started to develop in there, and our interest was really in chickens because we understood that that was free compost and we wanted to see how we could do this as harmonious as possible with nature and we keep getting deeper and deeper into it. Unfortunately, we saw many chickens that we had. We, we had three layers. They are Rhode Island layers uh, and one died because the dog killed them because mm. I didn't train the dog. Yeah, he killed one in the adults and then he killed one in the, the chicks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we ended up with Right now, we have three hens. We named the hens, so it's Angie, Casey, <laughs> and Stephanie. Angie, yeah. <laughs> right, um, they are extremely easy to manage. Where we live is literally on our main room. Yeah. Um, you, you guys are familiar with Maxis and, and like, it's basically like a bus. Yeah. And buses pass in front of our house. We are about one, two minutes walk away from the general hospital. So we <laughs> in the town. So to have chickens in the town is a kind of strange thing. And people look at us in a very strange way. Well, you, you were saying you're chickens. the only urban yeah, farmer yeah. within 40 miles. Right. Well, we have chickens just running in our yard. It's in two feet our house. So, <laughs> so it's like, um, it's kind of strange to people to observe that, to see that, but we knew what we needed to do to develop the land that we were on. My great, great grandmother so miserable She always have a disadvantage on people She say everybody does treat she funny And all they want to get from she is she money She say before you walk you have to creep And always remember go don't make sheep And for people in this world today to survive You have to play dead to catch Kobo alive well, you were saying like you were able to sustain your family, like everything that you guys ate recently, like yeah. is coming from your land. Yeah, yeah. That is a testament to having a culinary background and desiring to have a farm background as well because we planted after the chickens developed the land that we are on. And why I said that it is a urban area, the soil itself was very hard to, to develop. Mm-hmm. People had broken bottles because people were actually there almost like a landfill. So okay. every two minutes, every, every two feet that I dig, I would probably pull up a half <coughs> 20 meter bucket uh, level mm-hmm. that have to be up in the soil. 
So to transform that soil, and I think I have some photos that are probably sent to you guys, but wow. to transform that soil to be ready for things like sunflowers that we used to feed the chickens, corn, um, we used to feed the chickens, and flax feed. We planted all those things to feed the chickens. Mm. So we needed, we needed to do a lot of work on it, and we had to till the land. So I developed a, a designer menu based on what we would like to eat. In Trinidad, we use a lot of what is called seasoning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> seasoning would basically comprise of blessed tissue, which is the international name for it. We call it shadow belly in Trinidad. Yeah. Local <laughs> celery, local celery, green onions, the international name. We call it chive in Trinidad. Garlic, onions, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, pimentos. Yeah, mm. so we decided to plant all that. And we did not purchase for the entire year any pimentos, cyber celery for the entire year. Hmm. That's, awesome. Um, That's awesome. This wasn't planned due to COVID. This was just an idea that we had. <laughs> yeah, right. Right on time, though. <laughs> yeah. There's a dish that I played that I prepared. Well, I have a photo of that. So you probably slide that in there. There's corn, um, chicken, cucumbers that we made pickles and relish from, tomatoes, lettuce, which is brown lettuce. But the full salad plate that we made everything 100% from the land. So <clears throat> that was a proud moment. Yeah. Um, that is actually the drive for doing it because it was very, I wouldn't say easy, but it was, it was at least to do something that you would have to, you know, you'd go to Whole Foods and spend a ton of money when you could actually get for yourself. No, that is non-GMO for yourself. And you feel mm. more confident in the fact that you put your work into it. So, well, that's what also inspired us to, you know, want to start our farm is wanting to feed our families and like how our families are growing because yeah. he has babies and yeah. one day I'll have babies. <laughs> we both have dogs. <laughs> yeah, we have dogs and we care about what they eat as well. Right. So. There's my dog now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, even on that, even touching on that, having dogs on a homestead, on a farm, is also something that you have to consider in training them because, like mm. I said before, I did not train waffle. Oh, waffle, I'm waffle. I talked to chickens. The first year, chicken fatalities was racking up about 30-something chickens. Oh, wow. And for the year. For no reason, so like, unexpected. Was, like, yeah. yeah was very challenging and, and to realize that it is just, it's something that easily you could you could manage it you can mm-hmm. train them and mm-hmm. they'll be fine you know mm-hmm. so even having a dog is, is something that you need to consider i recommend having cats to keep mm-hmm. away rodents i really want uh, yeah, because cats. yeah no matter what location it might be at um rodents will show up but, uh, do you have cats now not yet yeah we have a cat right now and it is kabootsy <laughs> so the all the chicken fatalities were from the dogs or from other outside things or uh, we had one challenge that was cool the first batch of chickens that we had was just 12 broilers and this is me we're talking about and the 12 broilers they were doing extremely well at three weeks old we decided okay we'll put them to start grazing on the field the chicken tractor grazing in the front yard the backyard Mm. and start developing land with the man. I did not realize that the floor was extremely moist and the coldness killed the chicken. And that was the only three chickens that died due to that. And you could count the rest of chickens as murdered by the <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, the dog, 
Was he eat killing it to eat them, or was he just like for fun? He would play with them. He would oh, play with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a puppy. But yeah, Ambalawa right. is a big green dog, and to yeah. him, that's just like a rat. So yeah, yeah, he just he's fun and doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, wow. Well, Oof. Yeah. We don't judge him for that. No, not at all. That's natural. <laughs> Yeah, that's good yeah. to remember. Yeah, good to remember for sure. great great grandmother said to me, oh, my darling, the best things in life are free. Do you hope to have any other animals? Just the end of last year, we started ducks. And the ducks we have, they both have eggs from it's called Muscovy and Peking. So they breed Peking and, and Muscovy. When they breed together, it creates something called a mule. Mm-hmm. And the mule is a duck that grows extremely fast. They love, besides industrial feed, they love neem, the plant itself. And I have mules that are three weeks old currently. Oh. And they probably weigh nice. two point five, two and a half pounds, somewhere around it. Wow, nice. Within just three weeks from Dublin. So it, it's scary to see how fast <laughs> they grow. They grow really fast. And I, I was told by the supplier that prepare for um, some stretch marks. Um, <laughs> our next installment would be turkeys, because we do in poultry. We were talking about that turkeys the other day, yesterday. And then yeah. quail for quail eggs. Okay. okay. Yeah, quail eggs are good too. That's all I can Cool. Okay, good. So doing the whole, all the birds. <laughs> yeah, poultry. Yeah, full poultry. I like how you guys are starting that too, though. It's actually based on what we eat in Trinidad. The farm is based on what we eat. It's not based on right. uh, what might be trending or <laughs> even seasonal. to clairvoyance and black magic she have a chronic dose of schizophobia she told me that the road to success is obia she say always jumping the sea is shark and a chopping water never leave mark my great great grandmother told me that night all we happen in the darkness must come to light. And our family, like, we always eat tacos on Tuesday, you know? So, like, <laughs> what do we like to put in our taco? We like to have cabbage, we like lettuce, you know, yeah. like, trying to think of what we need to have. My advice to, to anybody who would want to approach preparing a, a menu garden or a garden based on a menu, mm. you would want to have a menu that have a variety of stuff. You don't want to have things that you would get bored with. Sure. So, yeah. a quick example is um, talking about Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> and having kids, you can't prepare Taco Tuesdays every Taco Tuesday. The same, same meat, yeah. same right. cabbage, same <laughs> 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 And knowing my second cousin, they would get bored. <laughs> yeah, they would trip. They'll be like, no, mom. A variety is always best to target, sure. and once you target the variety, look at the time and attention or care you need to give the plant, right? Mm. So, or even the meat, that's a good way to look at it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Blackberries podcast. If you would like to learn more, you can visit their Instagram page at WeBlackberries or you can visit their website at blackberries.org. Tune in next time for more positive vibrations on the Blackberries podcast.